0: Uh, what's up, Mike? What's up, Walker? Should we do this? Let's do it. Welcome
1: to Wall Down Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Walker. And I'm Mike. Uh, we haven't uh, done this for a while, so we had a nice interview coming up this week with our friend Evan. And, uh, we, uh, first want to just kind of catch up, see what's going on. I haven't seen Mike in a little bit. So what's it been like?
0: I saw you a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, two, but just briefly. Yeah. What you been up to? I went back to Utah for work, um, for two and a half weeks, finished that job up. And then I had what, a, what were you doing out there? I was doing a sober coaching, life coaching gig with this kid, um, Getting him into rehab, helping him with the issues that he was going through, trying to just be a positive influence on him, Mm. show him um, just better, healthier life choices and all that good stuff. And then... um, How did that work out, helping him have better life choices? (laughs) Well, it was interesting. He's 17. So, I mean, it's tough to tell, or not tell, but show a 17-year-old that what he's doing isn't positive and really instill in him that um, there's a better alternative to life and the choices that he's making aren't great choices. Um, Because in his mind, and I relate, you know, um, I'm 17, I'm young. I'm just experimenting, Hmm. I don't have a problem. But it's also trippy because he's the one that like laid out all the issues that he was going through. So they were like clear as day, but he was still like, like, he's aware of them. Yeah. He's aware of them. Uh. And he knows like he can't smoke weed. You know, he, he takes too much Xanax. Hmm. He tries mushrooms and psychedelics and that didn't work. Yeah. But at the same token, he'll tell me all that and then be like, well, I don't have a problem. Everything's good. I'm Mm. great. I'm great. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute. You just told me five minutes ago, like you have an issue. (laughs) So that was, that was trippy in itself because I'm sitting there watching this kid try to convince himself otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, you're the one, like this is coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, So we decided, or yeah, we decided to get him into a rehab because, the services and the level of care that he needed, I couldn't provide for uh-huh. him. So we got him into to rehab. That was that was crazy in itself because he didn't know he was going to rehab. And when I showed up to take him to rehab, he, that... Did he want to go? <laughs> hell no. Was he no. excited he, about it? Hell no. He put up a fight. That was really uncomfortable, but... What, you, like, verbally or physically? Both. And... Um, so you just had to fight a 17-year-old child. I had, yeah, I had to restrain a 17-year-old child in front of his family. How in, was that in North Carolina? <laughs> Yo, it was mad uncomfortable because yeah. I mean I like this kid. He's a good kid. He's yeah. like he became like a little brother to me mm. and to to actually physically restrain somebody mm-hmm. um, was not a comfortable situation because yeah. a I didn't know his family. I just met his family and here I am like body slamming this kid. Oh wow. Um and then B, like, I don't wanna put my hands on somebody. Yeah. You know? Um but we got him to rehab. That's the most important part. He's in rehab. So hopefully he takes the the medicine and the knowledge they're giving him and he uses it to his benefits. Well, n- that whole, I mean, that part of it is
1: interesting in the context of, like, what, you know, what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Because it's, like, this thing of, like, the whole idea of, like, overpowering another, mm-hmm. even though he's 17, but, like, yeah. overpowering someone and being powerful enough to, like, yeah, I was hired because they knew I could do this thing. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I got him in there. Like, I could see in some way, like, in a, a different version of you being, like yeah, fuck, yeah, like, I put that kid down, like, yeah. you know, like, I worked at a place where we used to have to, in a, it was, like, a mental health place where we, but we had to restrain teenage kids a lot, teenage guys, because yeah. they were there, they were, like, violent teens, and a lot of the people I worked with, like, when we'd be, like, getting off, whatever, when we'd be in the staff room, they're, like, oh, yeah, did you see, like, when Mr. Green, cause we had to call him by their last name, Mr. Green was doing this, and I, like, put him down, like, that, he won't do that, again. and there was, like, these were, like, 25, 30-year-old, like, ex-Marine guys who were, like, sort of getting off on like yeah that power. they're like yeah and I, I like the way it's like a non-violent restraint we mm-hmm. were taught but if you do it a certain way like it hurts mm-hmm. and they would be like yeah like and it was like even at the time before i kind of had like opened my eyes to a lot of this like that like masculinity part of it mm-hmm. yeah you know, i even then was just sort of like oh is this cool like are we like because the kids were pretty awful like like you said this kid physically attacked you right yeah yeah yeah, so like you had a reason to but there was something inside me and maybe it's just like the kind of man the way I the like you know we've talked about like our real man coming out but like being afraid like I felt embarrassed that I like felt not embarrassed but like I felt like different and I wouldn't really say much because I was like I don't enjoy restraining
0: these kids like this is the worst part of the job but remember when I came in and saw you that one random day when I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like shit that whole week afterwards. Mm. I was so fucked up, like, mentally, like, physically. It was just, like, drained. Mm. And my friend was like, is there a part of you that felt like you, like, hurt your 17-year-old self? Uh. And, and I was like, maybe, like, I just felt, like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Because, like... I'm at a different place where it's just like, no, like, I don't want to use physical force. Yeah. You know? And especially being a black man in America, seeing like how physical force is used mm. against like someone like me, mm-hmm. it just felt just weird. Yeah. You know? And like seeing his like 80 year old grandma, great, yeah, 80 year old grandmother walking down the stairs. I've never met her, don't know her name. Mm. And I have like my knee in this kid's back. Mm. And it was just like, whoa, this is. This is fucking weird. Yeah. This is all just weird. Like, very weird. (laughs) Yeah. And I I imagine... Like...
1: (laughs) Like, like, I don't know. I don't want to guess. Like, weird is... Like, did it feel, like, sad? Did it feel... It felt
0: sad. It felt wrong. It felt... um, Yeah, like, I was, like, asserting dominance over Mm. something. It felt like I was humiliating this kid. Mm. And I could sympathize for him like afterwards i was just like yo i literally took his manhood away from him yeah you know? like completely just stripped him of it
1: and as someone who like had sort of spent what did you spend like three or four weeks with him
0: before yeah, yeah. So trying I, to like build trust and like yeah i built trust with him and then like it was literally snatched away within 15 minutes yeah like, just took it gone it's mine yeah and then yeah <laughs> that sounds so strange yeah man no i mean and i
1: think it's something that like the fact that you're a like the fact that you've done this work to like sort of explore these things also opens you up to like now you have to feel these things yeah right like you can't just be like oh fuck that like yeah. whatever that was what a weird thing you know what yeah. i mean um well that's that's yeah. heavy that's yeah. heavy. <laughs>
0: So tell me what's going on yeah. with you. Yeah. Well, how, how was your let's week see, today? since
1: we last did this, uh, I don't think I, it might have been, I think, I can't remember, I went to a bachelor party, but I might have talked about that since then. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my brother got married, so I went to his bachelor party and I went to his wedding. Those were kind of the two main things. Shout out to your brother. Shout, yes, young Curran, getting married. I don't know that he thought that would happen for a while. <laughs> Doing big things. Uh, married a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um yeah, and it's it's funny. The thing I there's a lot of obviously in a bachelor party in New Orleans and like a we, like the wedding thing I was in. I was, you know, me and my other brother were his best man, like co-best men, and there was, you know, but all his buddies were there. So it was like very like bro and all this like there's obviously plenty of masculinity stuff to talk about, but the one thing I actually that just came to mind that was kind of a theme throughout all of this so that's what I want to talk about was like at so at the Bachelor Party we were in New Orleans for Jazz Fest, I f- for some reason I felt really free and we went and we saw this band Dumpstafunk, which was actually like really they were just like these fifty and six year old dudes just melting faces with playing <laughs> playing funk music. And I usually like my whole life, even when I drank everything, I like felt so uncomfortable dancing. I hated it, I hated going to concerts, I hated going like wedding dancing, all that I hated. It. And it's not like I'm a bad dancer. But I I just like danced my face off at this concert and I had so much fun. And then since then I went to another wedding with my girlfriend and then my brother's wedding and both of them, I was just like, all right, I guess I'm going to dance. And like, just like had a great time. Like I've never understood people enjoying dancing. I like it was so uncomfortable. And what I realized is that it's not, again, it's not because I'm like, oh, people are going to think I'm a bad dancer. It's like, it didn't feel, it, if I'm being honest, like it felt like, embarrassing and like not masculine to like Mm -hmm. move your body around Mm -hmm. and like be uh, i mean i'm sure it's it's anxiety too but a lot of it just like to me felt emasculating like it felt like i was like because i think a part of me like part of being a man my whole life has been this very much like you're always prepared you're always like i don't like like uh haunted houses and stuff and not because i get anxiety it's because i don't like to look foolish yeah you know like i want to look like i always have it together yeah and so the whole i i like am tired like exhausted when i leave haunted houses because i'm like like super aware like because i'm like that's not going to scare me that one like i won't look full like i cheat at horror movies when i go see horror movies I look down at the ground, like towards the exit, and I tell myself, "I'm like, you're just in a movie theater. Everything's okay." Because <laughs> no! I don't want to. Because I don't want to like look like I'm scared, right? And I've like learned all these cheats in my life to look. I don't. It, it's like look tough, I guess. And so dancing was very like, like antithetical to that. Like it, like it was the opposite. You, you if someone were to want to judge you, they could. But the thing is, I was, like had so much fun doing it. And so, and we were actually kind of annoyed at the wedding, you know, no offense to DJ Fink, shout out DJ Fink, (laughs) my brother's, it was my brother's like younger frat brother from his last place he went to college, DJ Finkelstein, but, uh, he, uh, he played a lot of, the music he played was more like, um, it was kind of like frat party music, so it was like, it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't the classic, like, come on Eileen or like American, give me those dance tunes, but, um. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, and, and you and I were actually talking about this earlier that like having started to explore these kinds of things like masculinity and like uh, my own, and like, it, it, like you kind of become very aware of when it's happening or when you're like getting into it. And so both on that bachelor party and at this wedding being around all his friends, like you see it come out and people are like, like, at strip clubs or just like walking around just like and you you, I'll say for myself it didn't it doesn't feel true to myself anymore to kind of engage in that stuff that I could so easily just fall into just like you know being like misogynistic or this kind of thing and like but at the same time I don't want to be that guy who's like walking around being like you shouldn't say that don't say that's not okay to say like oh really but and it's like one I don't want to be that guy two, I think like I don't fully understand, I don't know exactly where I fall on like, like if somebody is joking, like I think you say whatever you want for a joke, like mm-hmm. I don't think that should be correct or anything, but like, I don't know, it's this weird kind of space where it's like, again, like talking about you with this kid, like my eyes have kind of been open to stuff, so now I have, I'm have. i aware of it and it's almost like I have the like, uh, whatever the opposite of a gift is. uh, of this knowledge, like the burden of this Mm -hmm. knowledge where I'm like, oh man, that's that like, and not like it's wrong to say that, but because like you and I have talked about these ways of behaving have had a negative effect on me in my life. They have caused me deep pain. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, when I see like, I'm like, oh, like you're stuck. I like, I, I was on a bachelor party last summer and I remember it was like on the second day or something and we were driving I don't even remember what we were talking about, but it came, I was like, oh, that's like toxic masculinity, and all these guys I was with, was like my college buddies, they were like, what's that? And I was explaining it, and like, you could see on their faces, like, they were like, yeah, like, yeah, man, that's, I've had some of that in my life, you like, you know what I mean, like, I've had, like, the, it's not that, like, masculinity is inherently wrong at all, like, I love being a man, I like feeling manly, but there are ways that I've performed that masculinity that have caused me to feel pain that have caused me to feel like in like the ways that i perform my masculinity that are counter to who i am as a person but i feel like i'm supposed to act that way yeah so then i feel shitty yep. for acting that way so yeah it's fun bachelor <laughs> i just got back
0: from a bachelor party so i relate yeah yeah you, <laughs> similar similar experience yeah i mean like what we were talking about earlier is like i i've done all this like work on myself, um, the self work on myself to like wake up and like get more in touch with my body and out of my head. And what I was telling you earlier, like this, like this masculinity or this toxic masculinity is so ingrained Mm -hmm. in me that like as soon as I touched down and like showed up at the house, it was like a light switch. Like I was there. And, like, revert it back to, like, old behaviors, old, like, Mm. talking and, like, everything. And it's, like, all this, like, work that I've, like, you know, done for myself, like, went straight out the window. Mm. And, like, there was moments when I'm, like, looking at myself in third person. I'm, like, what are you saying? What are you doing? Like, yo, this isn't you. But it's, like, these are my friends. I don't want to look a certain way. Like, who is this? Like, who are you? You know? Like, um. So it's that like I'm becoming this man or like shifting away from like my old perspective mm-hmm. and like behaviors, but I I'm also in fear of like judgment from my friends, you know? Yeah, um, totally. So it's like it's easy to
1: do it like in a in a to act exactly what you want to when you're like in a vacuum or you're at, or you're around someone who is doing the same thing yeah, you are. Yeah. But when you get around those people that you grew like. Yeah, get around those people that want you or like you've in the past acted a certain way. You want to give them what you think they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) Well, good catch up. We're both uh, still works in progress and figuring it out. So uh, we're going to take a break. Coming up after we got young Evan Williams, great man. The man. Coming on. Uh, We're going to talk about what he, you know, what what his ideas of masculinity? What he learned? What's his all experience? That. Um, if you want to send us any questions or fuck yous or anything like that, send it to wallsdownpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Walls Down Podcast. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We have Evan Williams here. Evan Williams, comedian, actor, writer.
2: You're nailing it That's so all far. Of them. Bodybuilder, idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, all that. True hero. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I know Evan from being around the city, and and I met you. What like. Two, three years ago. I think it was
2: longer than that, man. I, feel, I mean...
1: I've only lived here for less than three years. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Wow, man. That's crazy. It's a deep, it's a We've deep friendship. We packed a lot of,
2: of, of human experiences into that. That's right. So it feels like longer, pal. That's um, right. So I guess... I mean, how soon did you get that job?
1: Pretty... Like a month after I moved to New York. Yeah. So yeah. That's right. Basically, one, basically the whole... So yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. So yeah, we yeah. used to work together um, at a sober living house which was actually a great job to get to know people because you would just hang out basically for yeah. eight hours. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. So
2: it was it was shenanigans, man. Yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, just a lot of shenanigans.
1: So yes. if so if anyone's moving to a new city and you want to make friends, just get sober, get a job at a sober living house, and you'll <laughs> yeah. see
2: your sights, yeah. you sons, Yeah. Where the staff is all comedians <laughs> yeah, for some that's reason, right. some there horrible like, idea. There was like five comedians <laughs> and like
1: two of us weren't stand up comedians, which was yeah. great for us. Yeah. So,
2: uh, <laughs> um Most of them have quit comedy too. Yeah. Actually, one almost of them had, was like all them vehemently happened. had
1: already quit, where he like didn't even yeah. want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's just like <laughs> almost
2: all of them include comedy.
1: But uh, me and Lucas are still doing it. That's right. Yeah. Still, still going strong. Um, so, in the vein of kind of uh, introducing yourself to people, uh, since nobody can see you, mm-hmm. how, how would you identify yourself? Some people don't like that question.
2: Oh, it's not a comfortable one. Yeah. yeah. But um tough shit. Just because of my own, you know, self-image issues probably. Mm. But uh I am a white male um of Irish, German and Welsh descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look mainly Irish, I think. Um probably the shamrock on my neck uh <laughs> has something to do with that. Um but yeah, I, uh, I'm 29, I'm a married man, married to a Mexican woman, Felicia, and uh, I'm a sober person and a comedian, and actor, yeah. There you go. How nice. long have you been married? Almost eight years, uh, seven and a half years, I got married really young, I got married at 21 because nice. I'm from the South and that's just what you do. People <laughs> get married at like 14 down there, so we were like late to the game. Yeah, <laughs> you guys waited. Yeah, yeah, we waited a while. We got to know each other first. Um <laughs> Yeah. A little bit. Well, so <clears throat> let's
1: let's uh you know, on this podcast we just kinda talk about where where we got messages, what what we learned about masculinity from your own personal experience. So it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's mm-hmm. not the idea is that we all learn different things we've come from different places but seeing how, just kind of starting conversations about what how it played out for us mm-hmm. um, so you said you're from the south well just take I us am. take us to little evan just little tiny little guy, little guy. Little where would you grow bastards. up you're born you're um, said...
2: crazy man um, <clears throat> i grew up in north carolina that's another reason that this story was hitting me a little bit uh is i i could just put myself there very easily where in north carolina was that man? Um Some beach, wasn't it? Yeah, I forget. Wilmington, uh Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Really? Yes. Oh man. It like we were the driving. Memories here. there, holy shit. Uh Myrtle Beach. Yeah, we were yeah. driving down this
0: small little road and it looked mm-hmm. like all these frat houses. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it looked yeah, nice. It was nice. But, we we
2: <laughs> uh we refer to that as Redneck Vegas, is what <laughs> we call it. Myrtle Beach. It's just like trash, man. It's fun trash. But it's definitely, it's like kind of trash. Yeah. Um. Shout out to that kid's grandma, by the way, who lives <laughs> she's there. She's not trash Yeah. <laughs> not everybody's trash. That's where their summer They're, home is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a place where you go get trashed. First of all, that's yeah, like yeah, my yeah. whole experience with Myrtle Beach. So I have kind of a warped perspective of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, I grew up in North Carolina um, in a family of four uh, that is now two. Uh, me and my dad remain um my mom was uh she she was a great mom she was she was amazing she's super smart and hilarious like you know mm-hmm. if i have a fraction of uh my family's humor it's from her and uh she but she wa you know she had her things and um she she was a normal mom until i and i say normal what does that mean yeah. but uh she was like you know p t o meeting mom like soccer mom yeah until i was seven and she just uh she came down with like mental illness and um it changed her and uh it didn't change her heart or her soul you know but it mm-hmm. changed how how available she could be and how mm. how many pto meetings she could attend and like that kind of stuff yeah. and it changed her relationship with my dad quite a bit yeah. and uh, that became a, a tumultuous relationship and um she became, you know, suicidal a lot of the time. Uh, and I had a brother that was 11 years older than me. And uh, so that was like, that was my biggest example of a man mm. um, was my brother. I mean, my dad, your dad's your dad. That almost like is a another entity than like man, you know, man or female. It's like, that's dad, mm. you know? So I, I don't know. I didn't, and my dad w- wasn't like, he didn't have the same idea of masculinity that um some of my like redneck friends' dads did, you know my yeah. dad was a liberal person from Pennsylvania uh who uh worked at the zoo. you hmm. know I like, really cared about animals and just like a uh, very loving person, super supportive of anything I ever tried to do um you when know? when you were a kid when you did
1: you see could, were you aware of that difference could you like do you remember seeing that yeah. difference?
2: Yeah, absolutely
1: yeah so what would you say that other kids dads were like that like in contrast to your dad being the liberal guy working at the zoo Mm
2: -hmm. well any um like any families that our family was friends with you know tended to be similar to us you know uh politically or um in that sense you know like other like like artist parents Mm -hmm. or um you know uh other people at the zoo, uh, who just tended people who worked at the zoo, tended to be like these easygoing people, you know, um, like loving people. For some reason, I just have this great uh, image of that staff. Um, but I mean, yeah, in school, uh, like friends I made in school, and like would we, go. I mean, one thing is like poverty, probably. Like I had, I had a lot of friends that were poor, you uh-huh. know, and um, I, I feel like. A lot of times, those parents are different, you know. Um, As unfortunate as that is, I mean, it just tends to be a little different. Because if you come from like a blue collar dad, a lot of times it's more common that he's going to be like toughen up, suck it up, you know what I mean. Um, Whereas, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say anything I regret, but like, (laughs) no, I I, I hear you. That like you're
1: saying, like, you know your parents, your dad was not like, did you get spanked as a kid? You get hit as a kid?
2: Um, not much, man. Yeah. yeah. One time I was, uh, I was in Hawaii and with my family and my dad was like, do not jump in the pool. And I was like, well, I'm going to jump in the pool now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I was like fully clothed and I was looking at the pool and my dad could read my mind. And he, he looked at me looking at the pool and he was like, no. You know, and I was like, Yeah, I think so though. You know? He's like, No. I'm like, I think I'm gonna mm. And he's like, You don't jump in the pool and I was like, Well now it's guaranteed, you know. <laughs> and so I jumped in the pool and he was like, I you're going I'm going to spank you now, uh-huh. you know. And I was like, I just stayed in the pool. And I was like, you can't, you know? And he was like, you have to get out at some point, and then I'm going to spank you. Uh I'm going to take you back to our hotel room, and I'm going to spank you. Mm. And I was, like, for some reason, mortified. Like, it was like, like the blood left my face. I was so scared. And I got out of the pool on the other side of him, and, like, I ran from him. And then, like, he, like, casually walked home, like, at a Michael Myers pace. You know what I mean? Like a, like a slasher. Like, I'm running. He's normal. I get there. He's there. No, he, uh, he wasn't there. He, um, so I get to the hotel, and my dad is like, I think he's already decided he's not going to hit me at this point. But in my head, he's coming for me. And I think in his head, he's like, wow, he is horrified. He's yeah. already been punished. You know yeah. what I mean? And I hid in the closet for like <laughs> hours. I hid in the closet. And my family was just, I remember my family was in the main room of the hotel uh, room watching a movie. And I was just, I thought that the second I came out, I was going to get hit. Mm. And like, I'd never been hit before, but I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get hit. <clears throat> and, and then finally I came out crying, scared, looking at my dad Like, I'm ready to face the music, you know? And he was like, I'm not going to hit you anymore. (laughs) Like, you just punished yourself for hours. (laughs) Like, cool, message sent. You know what I mean? Don't jump in the pool next time. (laughs) I don't think I need to hit you at this point. And so that was kind of my dad. It was never like, I will overpower you to show you that I am bigger and you need to act right. You know, it was like, whatever makes my son realize he was wrong, that's fine with me as long as he realizes what's right and wrong. And that doesn't mean that he never spanked me. I was spanked probably four times, you know, but it was always effective, you know, like my mom hit me one time. She slapped me across the face and it was like, I was talking, um, not to break any anonymity, but I was talking to someone who helps me stay sober Hmm. and uh, he's, he's fluent in French and uh, you know who I'm talking about. I and uh, he, I, he was telling me about French words and stuff. And I, was, I had just talked about this story about my mom. And I was like, it corrected me, you know? Like, it correct, I needed it one time in my life. Mm. She did it. And it corrected my behavior. And he was like, you know, what's interesting is that in French, a beating is a correction. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> That's amazing, you know, because like you correct them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, she was like, "You're gonna take a bath," and I was like, "No, I'm not." You know, it's basically the opposite of the dad scenario. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to jump in that water, and uh, no, you aren't. And it was like, "You're gonna get in that water," and I was like, "No, I'm not." Those like my two biggest beatings. Uh, Evan water swam yeah. <laughs> doesn't go in near water. <laughs> And I was like, I'm not going to take a bath. And she was like, yeah, you are. And I said, no, I'm not, bitch. Mm. Which is insane. That's an insane, insane, insane thing to say. I'm ashamed. I mean, I'm not ashamed anymore. It's funny at this point because she immediately open hand slapped me. And I immediately accepted that as a 100% justified action for what I had just said. You know what I mean? (laughs) As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was ashamed. And she, she slapped me before I could even register what i had just done and then i registered it for the rest of the night and i never did it again now does that mean i'm saying parents should slap their kids across the face no (laughs) Uh, no but it happened in that scenario my mom was not proud of it you know um she she was sorry that she did that but uh i wasn't sorry that she did that i was sorry i was overwhelmed with um you know my own guilt of what i did uh so yeah
1: yeah well, so, you know, it sounds like you're you weren't given some of those like strong like from your dad. You said your brother was your. Message.
2: My brother, yeah, so, I just because I I spent the most time with him. You know. So so, uh, what
1: messages like if you had to now having you know the gift of hindsight, like what would you say at that time? The messages you were getting about what a man is.
2: Um. They like really weren't even different from just like what a a woman is or a, I, I feel like it was just I was getting messages of what a, a good human is, mm. you know, and it was never like uh, my brother was never like, you know, you need to be strong and you need to uh, be assertive. And if, you know, he it was just more like how to be a good human. He was like, if somebody is humiliating you, um, you know, you can make fun of yourself and it'll take away any power they have if they get physical with you i think i think you should hit them you know even if it means that you get hit back and just to show that you're you're not gonna take that kind of thing but i think he would have said that if he had a little sister you Mm -hmm. know um it was never like because that's what a man is evan it was like because that's what a that's how you should feel about yours that's how you should love yourself you Mm -hmm. know and like he would always tell me this story my brother was a nerd uh, and he identified as a nerd
1: All right, welcome back to the Walls Down Podcast. Walker. I'm Mike. Here with Evan. What's up, guys? What's up, Evan? So Evan was telling us about how he was lucky enough to have uh, a family that uh, kind of set aside some of the bullshit, sounds yeah, like. healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> not the most healthy, you know? That's like part of the reason that that was secondary is that there was, you know, poisonous relationships as well in my house, and so yeah. like some of the bigger concerns was my mom's mental illness. And like, mm. you know, um, just like I felt very different. I think as anybody in this room can relate yeah. at some mm-hmm. point in their childhood, uh, I would go to friends' houses and I would see their families operate. And it wasn't just a scenario where I was like watching the Brady bunch and mm-hmm. my, my family wasn't like that. Cause nobody's family's like that. Yeah. It was like, I was seeing real families that weren't like mine. I was going to my friends' houses and they would eat at the same table and like they would say grace mm. and like, you know, sometimes like the brothers would be mean to each other and I didn't relate with that, you know, because me and my brother were uh, very kind to each other, you know, but the parents got along and they said, I love you and they kissed each other mm. and like that blew my mind and then I would come home and, and it was like kind of chaos sometimes and yeah, it made me feel uh, different and less than and yeah. alien, you know. Uh, But I didn't want to, I don't want to, from what I've said so far, I just want to clear up that I'm not um, some, like, you know, uh, guru on (laughs) what a man is. Like, I've, uh, I had good messages coming from, my brother, the best messages coming from him. And my dad, great messages coming from him. But obviously I am, I was influenced by school. And I was influenced by movies and TV and what was funny in 2001. Yeah, yeah. Which is definitely not what's funny now. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, yeah.
1: before we talk about it, because I do think that's such an important piece. of Because, like, yeah, like, I didn't have a, either, my dad wasn't like, come on, you pussy or anything like, you know what I yeah. mean? But also, like, <laughs> I got a lot of messages. But something you just said while while we were on the break was, like, you said, like, you, you and your brother always said "I love you" to each other. Uh huh. Was that like every day? Like every every day,
2: multiple times a day. Yeah. And yeah. I,
1: I think that little thing is like, <laughs> enormous. That's not. Yeah, that's not yeah. The usual. I no. don't even know, man. Like that's, that's not. The, yeah, yeah. That
2: is so foreign. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I definitely have heard those stories. I, I didn't know how common which one was, but this, there's. I've definitely heard stories of people who are like, man, my brother said "I love you" the other day, and like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard him say that before. Like I've heard people say that, and it blows my mind. You know, but it doesn't completely blow my mind because I know that our situation was different. You know, yeah, yeah. My brother was given like a clock, Uh and uh, we were always thinking about. I was trying not to always think about the fact that it was ticking, but I knew, like, when you know, you hear like little kids think they're invincible. I did not. You know what I mean? Mm. Because like my hero was a six foot tall guy who was like 11 years older than me i constantly had this example of a older dude and so i looked up to him so he was everything mm. and to be told that he was gonna die soonish um in the grand scheme of things i was like well then if he my superman is yeah. gonna die then i'm not invincible and so like i didn't have that as a kid where i thought it was like invincible and like i was i didn't have that and so um i understand that like other people's brotherhoods were a little different you know yeah uh we knew that like we got to cram all this life's love into uh less years and stuff and so there was maybe like one or two times that we went to bed mad at each other yeah and i can remember them like 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 a tragic event you know like when when like September 11th happened. We remember where we were, what we were wearing, who we were sitting next to. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was like nights where I went to bed without saying I'm sorry to my brother. Like wow. I just, I had, it was like a buzzing, like an energy I felt like from his room to mine. Like I could feel the energy in between our bedroom doors mm. wasn't good. And I went to sleep and had nightmares and woke up and told him I love him and I'm so <laughs> sorry. And like, you know what I mean? And so it was like a dire need to tell each other we love each other. Yeah. And like, and be there you know and so when my addiction happened and i started like missing lunches and stuff uh that guilt killed me like it's Mm. the heaviest weight like i still think about a couple lunches that i could have made with your brother yeah and like i've let go of a lot of guilt of stuff that i've done and i've i've come to peace with it and I've turned it over and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Put it on paper, burn the paper, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But a couple of lunches, I don't know if I'll ever forgive myself. And mm-hmm. it, it, I should, I know that I should. It's a, such a small thing that a 16 year old missed a lunch with his older brother. You know what I mean? Mm. You're just being 16. But, uh, uh, yeah, I carry guilt about it. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's... I'm thinking, because it's funny, I was thinking, it's like, we talk, we do this thing, we're doing this podcast, and, you know, we're relatively pretty new, and Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, you know, a lot of people will have them on, and talk about, like, how, like, they got fucked up by their masculinity, and, like, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, I think you were not fucked up. I'm not saying, like, you are, again, like you said, you're not some guru or something, but, like... I think there's something to be taken away from that. Like I right now I'm like trying to, like I saw like the Mr. Rogers documentary and I'm like, I need to tell everyone I love them more. I need to say, you know what I
2: mean? Can I give an example of Mr. Rogers real quick? I'm so sorry. I have to though. Um, My brother had this, uh, you know, he had that disease and uh, part of his therapy before we found this like great tool that like he'd breathe into and like air would go back in and break up the stuff in his lungs. and He Hmm. could cough before we like bought this little piece of equipment, uh his therapy to break up like the congestion in his lungs was my dad would like hold him upside down and he would uh he would like pat his uh he would like pat his back. My brother was upside down and he'd pat his back and my brother could like face the TV and so my brother would watch T V upside down for an hour a day and what that hour happened to be every day was Mr. Rogers and wow. uh, so my, yeah. my brother would watch Mr. Rogers upside down <laughs> as my my dad would pat his back my dad sent Mr. Rogers a letter and said you know my son watches your show upside down every day during his like cystic fibrosis treatment and, and it just makes the hour go by better and you know we're really grateful for you and Mr. Rogers sent my brother a fucking letter and like he like personally wrote a letter thanking him for coming to his neighborhood and like saying you'll always be my neighbor and all this stuff and like sent him teddy bears sent him like signed stuff and like all the the staff all sent him stuff so mr rogers is a very like uh special person yeah that's like wow. he's all every time I hear that name it.
1: Fucks. Have you seen that
2: documentary? I haven't. You're, and it's you're crazy gonna that I cry have. a lot. I know. I cry. know it was a real yeah. weep yeah. fest. Yeah. When yeah. I, when That's I, like one of the reasons I probably have, I'm like scared. Yeah. 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 You should be. You're gonna feel <laughs> a lot. Yeah, man.
1: But uh, you know, so so you know, it's like something to take like for people to take away from this is almost like your brother what seems like because of what happened, he was just this example of just like set all this stuff aside. Cause that's what I feel like. I feel like I've set stuff aside because I'm like, I set it aside. Cause I'm like, it's not doing me any good. If anything, it's causing me pain to like mm. try to look tough and try to like all these things. Like, so I'm trying to set it aside your brother was like, I don't have time for that bullshit. Mm. Like, and yeah. so, so I mean, I, so what did, was that like going growing up like
0: that and then going into because like when I, I don't know what
1: was your what, what yeah. was
0: it what was it like growing up with like that love and like compassion with your brother and then going to school yeah because you exactly said you had outside influences yeah. from movies school yeah like what was it like in middle school
2: yeah. Uh, it, it usually, oh, middle school is a weird time for a lot of people. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. For everybody. It's very <laughs> yeah. weird. I was three different people in like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I tried to be a prep in sixth grade mm. and, uh, it just didn't work out, man. Like, you know, it just didn't work out. Like I, I tried and I tried wearing like the Abercrombie and like all that yeah. stuff, you know? Yes. And it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. I remember the preppy kids i went to a movie with them and uh and then like uh one of them invited me to a movie again and i was like oh cool man i'm like I'm in with these kids now you know and i went to the mall and uh it was a prank on me they didn't oh, they, fuck. there was no movie and no. they like <laughs> yeah Whoa. and so i got to the mall my dad had dropped me off and i was like oh Fuck like, they geez, weren't there, Steven. or what? There wasn't a... Ha- yeah, it was... Either they canceled and didn't, and the dude didn't tell me, or... Uh, but it was definitely he was, like... There's at least one guy was pranking me. I don't, I don't know how many of them, oh, you know. That and just so, made... I, like, that hit me on such <laughs> a oh, level. It's like, it's like having a birthday party, but it's, like, oh, it's no. that feeling, you know? And so, I remember, I was like, well, I need to get my dad to come pick me up. And uh, so, I... Uh, I went to go get change because he gave me like a $10 bill to like go to this movie and get a popcorn. And I went to go get change for the 10 and I thought, (laughs) I didn't want to buy anything though. And so I was like, where are going to get change. And in my dumb little 11-year-old head, I thought that you go to an arcade and put the money in and change would come out. (laughs) So I put $10 in the arcade and $10 worth of tokens came out. (laughs) And so then I just sat and played the saddest arcade game. <laughs> i just sadly drove cars and shot bad guys for two hours until my dad oh, yeah. i
0: can literally yo i can see this as clear as like day. i'm just like watching yeah, you as it's just you say like saying. a cloud over my head as <laughs> yo, i'm driving like need
2: for speed <laughs> just no! alone Alone, yeah.
1: watching other kids play. Yeah, oh.
2: so that was Woo. you know that was the end of trying to be like a prep. You know, what yeah. I think, and then I I went into like you know blue gel, blue hair gel, and like you know spiking it <laughs> up, and like yep. listening to punk music, yep. and like you know going to punk shows, <laughs> and like hanging out with like you know people who I we identified as losers. You know what I mean? And um and I was like that pretty much through eighth grade, and then in high school. Uh, I started hanging out with these uh, this, this group of Mexican dudes, man, and they were just like one of them was a guy I knew from middle school, and, and one was his older brother, and then they their friends, and they taught me to drink, and they taught me mm. to smoke weed and uh, and it was like they also just taught me like what a good friend is I mean they were like they were like stood up for me like mm. they're good friends, and uh, we just we rode together and uh, we you know then I because i learned how to get uh messed up i i had this house now cuz my parents had divorced and i just made that house a party house cuz my mom was yeah you know she wasn't a normal mom mm-hmm. i could have these parties she would come down in the smoke circle she'd sit down with us like uh, you mm-hmm. know a couple times she'd take a tote and like uh so my house became this party house and i found like popularity and i i you know became this like popular guy in high school and like i had all these parties and like you know, was, like, nominated for King Comet, you know, Mm. and, like, all that stuff, because I just had to fit in, but, like, when you would talk about, um, you know, how, like, you're finally able to, like, not think you're looking goofy, you know, Mm. and, like, do certain stuff you used to think was, like, not manly, like, that was my whole life, was, like, trying to look goofy, you know, it's, like, guys laugh, come on, come on, laugh, you know what I mean, so, like, I would do the goofy thing. I'd fall on my face. I would. I would go dance stupidly at a wedding and stuff. Yeah. Like, I've been trying to like make my family laugh first, and then like go to school, make people laugh in school. Like, I just wanted laughs and la- you know. So uh, it's funny, you know. That you refer to it that way because it's like, oh god, I'm mean, what an idiot. I've been like doing that my whole life. Like mm-hmm. I've been like just being humiliating myself. Yeah. My whole life, like on purpose, because it's like I love the way it looks on people's faces when yeah. I'm being dumb. And I feel like that,
1: like, the same time I would do this, because it's funny, like, when I got sober, I realized that so many things I did were just to like, because I'm like, you want this, right? You want that? Like, yeah, Yeah. sometimes I would be the guy, like, I, the last wedding I went to before I got sober, I stripped to boys, to men, I'll make love to you on stage (laughs) at the (laughs) wedding reception with like his family and his grandmother and like, But I, w- but I felt uncomfortable dancing genuinely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really just, like, dancing to have fun. So, like, that idea of, like, I'll be a buffoon for you,
2: like, uh-huh. that was something. That but it's it was, the like, same voice in our head that yeah. we had in oh, our heads. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what you want, right? Like, yeah, you know what uh-huh. I mean? It's like, you're you let want me to now? run into that door? I'll yeah, run into that door. Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then, like, and just like you, where you're like, this is what you want, right? And then you get around people who are just being themselves and comfortable around themselves and you're like this is what you want right and they'll look at you and be like no no (laughs) i want you to be be walker man that's the same thing with the goofy stuff which is like this is what you want right and then like you get around like my brother and his friends and i want to impress his friends a lot and so i wanted to be really funny in front of his friends and my brother is like this defines this is what i try to let define my comedy now is that is my his words from my brother is because like he, I would be funny with my brother because it was being myself. And then he would be like, I think you can like hang out with my friends, you know? Mm. So his friends would come over and I would chalk it up and be crazy, yeah, silly, yeah, and like yeah. wild and like annoying, like funny, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it would like, they'd just be like, what is, what is with this kid, man? Is he like on like, do you guys feed him like Mountain Dew? Like what, you know, what is yeah, it? Yeah. And my brother, uh, was just like, uh, he put me aside. He was like, dude, just, what are you doing? Like, mm. just be you, man. Like you're like trying to be like you know, whatever he's like and he like taught in front of me he told his friends he was like he's usually uh just usually doesn't try this hard he's like he's actually a cool guy and like and so like i heard him say he usually doesn't try this hard he's actually a cool guy and then in person he was like be you and i was like that's what uh i think we should all maybe do <laughs> yeah know? and it, it just kind of stepped on that idea of like i'm gonna run into this door you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because um, that's what you want right yeah, I yeah. love that voice you, you said. That's great. This is what you want, right?
1: Yeah. Um. So So what was it, like, that idea of, like, because it sounds like, like you had your brother and then you had these guys that were, like, good friends. How did you take that message of being loving, saying I love you, knowing that, like, you can be connected to another man? Like, did that translate to... The outside world the outside of your family the outside. i mean did you ever like to those friends in high school were you ever just like man you know what i really love you
2: like- on ecstasy yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on ecstasy i i said i love you so many times uh i would always like the music would be on loud and i'd turn down the music i was like guys 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 i love you guys and then like it got to the point where like i'd turn the music down and be like we know you love us <laughs> like, like, turn it back up but like I was that dude already, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I just knew that, like, people would accept it more when we were drunk. Sure, Or, like, yeah. when we were higher, when we were on coke, or when we were on ecstasy. And so, like, I'd say it then, but I was always that dude. And, like, that carries into now, which is, like, you know, I mean, comedy I'm around drunk people a lot. And it's, yeah. like, and it, they're not, not that much, but, like, and not everybody yet were... At these parties is drunk because comedians all have issues. Like we, we all come from something fucked up, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. And so, and a lot of us have gotten on the other side of it. So I have mm. like tons of sober comedian friends, but uh I'll be at parties and somebody will be drunk. I'm like, I fucking love you, man. I'm like, I love you too, bro. You know. And then like they, and then the next morning they're like, Hey, man, I'm. I think I told you I love you last night. And I'm like, I was drunk, man. I'm like, Yeah, I was. Just authentically myself, uh, <laughs> you know I was. I was, just, I was being 100 honest. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, not taking it back. But it did, like you know, it doesn't immediately translate when you're in middle school and high school and everybody has these shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my brother and I were talking to each other like this, and I would go to school and there was uh, definitely, you know, uh, a lot of the. I don't mean to like talk down about rednecks are wonderful. I love them, but like a lot of them had those just like tough dads, man. Yeah. and they, they like, you know, they couldn't. They couldn't say something without worrying that they were sounding gay. Yeah. You know what I yeah. Mean? And there was a lot of that. And, like, so... Um, and you just see it all come out when they were drunk, man. Like, you're t- going to talk about, like, fighting. Like, there was, like, a fight at my house one time. And, like, you just, like... Dude, like, just tell your friends you love them, man. Because, like, if not, it's going to come out like my boy Country. We call him Country. And this dude talked shit about his best friend, uh-huh. Grant. And he just unloaded on this dude and like, like, f- like red. And he was like crying, you know, yeah. you know, like that weird, like drunk redneck fight where he's like crying. He's like, oh fuck, I love grit. You know and he's like, <laughs> "Then And i like, that's what happens when yeah. you ball it all up, dude. You know, it's mm-hmm. going like, to come out in violence when you're drunk yeah. because you can't, you can't like let yourself be yourself. You know? Yeah. Um, so when I go to school, I would, I would, you know, gravitate towards people who weren't stuck on what their image should be and a lot of times that was the punks you know and so I hung out with them and like we 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 could talk about our feelings and we, you know mm. we would like we love for we really loved comedy like those kind of people that love comedy so like we would just I'd hang out at their place and we'd you know uh just eat snacks and like watch Conan O'Brien at night and stuff mm. and, um those guys seemed to be more in touch with who they were, Yeah, you know, and they still, it was coming out in ways that they didn't, it didn't fully add up with how they were feeling. You know, mm-hmm. you still are a group, you know, you're the punks, you're like, you're wearing the shirts and the spikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is still stuff there that isn't totally authentic, Yeah, but they're at least trying to like say it. You yeah. know what I mean? For sure. And so I, I gravitated towards them. Totally.
1: I, I think the thing that like you said it, and it like hit me hard where you said, uh, I was this way already, but I knew people would accept it more when they were drunk.
0: <laughs> Yo, yeah. <No>. yeah,
1: like, <laughs> yeah. I think I was more okay with it when I was drunk. Like, it was like, I knew I was a certain way. I didn't consciously know this, but like, when everyone was fucked up, yeah, like, you could be more like, that was, that was what I was addicted to. It was, like, that moment where we were just being together and present and, like, here with each other. And it was okay to be, like, however you were. Like, mm-hmm. that was... And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't realize yeah. it at the time. But in retrospect, it's like that's what I was looking for. It was like a place where it was okay to be whatever kind of dude I wanted to be. Yeah. Because I do think, like you and I have talked about, like, I'm just a different kind of dude than some other kind of dude. It's not that I'm like the, anyone's the right kind or the wrong kind. That's just like the way I – But and and totally had those experiences of like mm-hmm. – fist like getting in a fight with my group of friends fighting another group and then yeah. for the rest of the night just like hugging each other and being like yeah. oh i had you that was yeah. So yeah. it was like a moment to connect <laughs> yeah. by hurting yeah. other yeah. people yeah. or getting hurt. we'd like get our asses kicked yeah and, yeah. and, and, and like bond over together yeah mm-hmm. like drinking like yeah totally yeah man uh all right well so <laughs> let's take another break and then we'll the last break and then we'll come back and uh talk a little bit more about like what uh what it's like now like where you know we'll talk about what your ideas of being a man are now and all of that yeah cool all, yeah. Right. all right welcome back to walls down podcast i'm
0: walker i'm mike i'm evan
1: evan's right there He's evan's we've been back. listening to evan uh Tell stories about uh, what, uh you know what he how he learned to be a man and how uh, maybe a little different from the rest of us, but in some ways kind of just totally the same. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: defenses were up. Yeah, in, in different ways, but they're still defenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But um, so yeah, like
0: this part, you, me and Mike were just talking about. Yeah. So, you mentioned that you got married, or you're married. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got mar- married at a young age. I just mm-hmm. want to hear a little bit about that and like yeah. your experience with that and what that looks like. Yeah. Um,
2: I I always had trouble um, staying in a relationship. You know, I think we can probably all relate to that too. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I was also a kid, you know, but I'm sure you guys can relate to that too. uh, Not being able to stay in one as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, I was in a lot of them in high school and they would last like a month, you know, or three months max and it was, it all it usually came to a head because of like partying or uh just never connecting like allowing myself to connect and um and a lot of times it was the coke man i was just, i was trying not to do coke cuz i knew coke would ruin the relationship mm. And like because like it's kind of uh normal to do coke now you know but as like a 16 year old kid in 2007 or, or in a 16 year old kid in 2005 um it wasn't so normal to be doing it, you know? And it was like, looked down upon. Like I had to hide, I tried to hide it at my parties that I was doing it and stuff. And then when I, when I would get a girlfriend and try and hide it from them Hmm. and, uh, and you can only hide it for so long. And like one of my relationships ended because uh, she came over at like 7am one day and I had been up for like 40 hours and (sighs) I was like sitting next to a a weird man, you know, (laughs) but we just came up with small business plans together (laughs) all night. And like, you know, I'm covered in coke i'm just like you know i yeah, uh, yeah. look bad yeah. and uh she just sits next to me and she just starts no words you know she walks into my home she sits next to me and she starts crying and i was like what's wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> she's like we were a mess and i'm like no i'm killing it and yeah. uh she's like no you're a mess and i'm like uh yeah yeah you're right about that <laughs> she and, called your bluff pretty yeah quick. i called it yeah i'm <laughs> we, just gonna lose this charade and uh so I, um, I, I, was in a relationship for a couple of years there from like 17 to 19 and I got sober and, uh, I worked on myself for a few months and then, uh, this girl reached out to me, uh, that I had known since I was 11. Me and my wife met when we were 11. Mm-hmm. We wow. went to middle school and high school together. Uh, I always had a crush on her, but we never were a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were friendly to each other and we sat next to each other and stuff like that. Um, And we met up and I just, I fell in love with her. You know, it's just one of those things. I just uncontrollably fell in love with her. And the same thing happened for her. Uh, she's a very positive person. And I just was like addicted to it, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just needed that. And, uh, she was beautiful. And like, it just, it, it just, you know, love happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were that couple that right away we're talking about marriage, you know, once again, North Carolina. (laughs) And, uh, so we, we right away, we're talking about it and, um, I proposed when we were, like, 20, and, uh, we got married at 21, and, um, and then moved to the city when we were 22, and now she's 28, I'm 29, and, uh, it's evolved, uh, up and down, uh, rough patches, you know, um, wonderful patches, I mean, but always growing, always knowing each other more and more every day, and it's work, man, you know, it's absolute work, yeah, uh, yeah. She knows me better than anybody's ever known me, um, other than like my mom, maybe, you know? Uh, and she's just she's just stuck with me, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very lucky uh, she's, she's stuck with me. I mean, she knew me from the beginning of my recovery. I didn't wait as long as you're supposed to, you know what I mean? I, I, we started dating. I had like five months, I think. Yeah. And, um, so she was there when I was like dealing with my anger and like, you know, I was like yelling in traffic and stuff and like, uh, hitting walls when I was on the phone with Time Warner cable, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, um, and I stopped, I, I never enjoyed how I felt when I saw how it made her feel, you mm. know, I was always humiliated when she had to like witness it and it made her uncomfortable. And so I got that kind of help, you know, anger management and, um, and then just like putting it on paper and working with other people about it. Yeah. And so I mean she just seen me grow into a man, you know. Um and I've seen her grow into a woman that and we are not quite the same people we were when we were 19, of mm-hmm. course, you know, but we grew into people who also happen to love each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. And I had a freaking, you know, meltdown last year and uh debated getting a divorce and that was not her deb- in her mind at all uh it was just me having like a, a midlife crisis at 28 you know um <laughs> packed it in it i just yeah in. i go i'm extreme you know <laughs> and so i i get there right before uh anybody else and uh I, yeah i had a midlife crisis like a year ago yeah yeah and you you know about this we don't we yeah, probably don't have the most time but no. so i won't i don't i don't have to get into well, it but, well, but i i think yeah
1: not not to interrupt you but like specifically to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> you so a lot of what we've talked about has been like and i think it's super important is like how you were uh, sort of portraying your masculinity in relation to other men and like how you know like how your friends how you had brothers but like i do think such a huge piece of it is how what is our relationship to women and what is mm-hmm. our relationship you know like in you uh, from what you've said like in from what i know like you've had like a somewhat complicated relationship with your mother and like, and with, and and so like, what sort of was, were your ideas about that? Like about how a man treats a woman or how, or or maybe you didn't think of it in a way of a man, but like how you've treated women as, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing yourself as a man.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely early in life. I, I mean, I'm sexually attracted to women. And so, I mean, there's just that allure. Mm -hmm. Um, with the girlfriends that I had, but I remember like early, early girlfriends, a lot of it was, I was just like, oh, other people have girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I should, I should have a girlfriend at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, I always wanted to check a list of what I think made a complete person, uh, and hoped that when the list was checked off, I'd feel normal. Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. so like, I was like, uh, I'll, sh- I should try a sport, at least try it. You know, I would never was able to fully get into sports, um, but I played a little bit of football, you know, early. And um, I was like, I got to have a girlfriend. I have to have a girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was more, I remember, like, my <clears throat> first girlfriend, like, we, we flirted and stuff. And I was like, I might be about to have a fucking girlfriend, <laughs> you know. And we went to this football game that, like, you know, the kids were hanging out at, like, a high school football game. Before you're in high school, you know, you're, like, hanging on the lawn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it was this big event, you know. And, like, everybody was like, I think... Evan's gonna ask Meryl out and like all these people gathered around and we were in the middle of the circle and I was like will you go out with me (laughs) and she said yes and I just was like I just like was stoked and and we may have like hugged or something we were like 11 you know and I was just like I did it I have a girlfriend and then I never called her (laughs) never went on a date And I just expected I would have a girlfriend. I'll just have a girlfriend now. I'm a guy who has a girlfriend. So you can't say I don't have a girlfriend. And then she like broke up with me because I wasn't doing anything. (laughs) I just checked it off and then didn't do anything. And so, uh, and I was like, oh man, she broke up with me. That's weird. And then I... And then I got another girlfriend the next year and it was similar. I would <laughs> yeah. call her at least, but it was like similar. I was very nervous around her, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, cause I didn't know who the hell I was. And so I didn't know what to even like present to her. Uh. And, um, and then in like eighth grade, I had like my first girlfriend that like we kissed and like we went on dates and stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, they were on a pedestal in my little boy mind, you know? And then. It slowly came off the pedestal as just other humans and I, you know, grew to, uh, love certain people and like, you know, want to know about them and want to make them laugh and like, uh, and not just check off a thing on a list. You yeah. Know? It just be a part of a human's life. And, um, I did that with a few people and I tried with a few people and, uh, it just never happened like it did with Felicia. And, you know, she kind of just shaped what a woman is to me and like what a, <clears throat> what a woman should mean to a man you know to me um it kind of comes back to like just the human thing you know of like my brother never really saying like this is what a man is so like this is what a human is and like i'm in a relationship with a human and you mm-hmm. know how do you treat a human and so like that's kind of the moral compass in oh, i love that that it's that's been my you know relationship <laughs> just like how you treat a human and have, have i always um Treat her like a model boyfriend and mm. a fiance husband should no you know, I just said I had a midlife crisis a year ago where I almost left her, you know, but instead of just having those thoughts and and dumping her off you know and 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 moving on you know to whatever mm. uh we went to couple's therapy and it's like you know we walked through it together and I talked in you know um the recovery rooms about it. And I talked to my friends about it. I talked to my dad about it. I just like, I talked to her about it. It was uh rough nights, you know, it was crying. It was uh, arguments. It was, you know, it was tough. It was the toughest year of my life with her. Um, but we're probably stronger than ever now because we did that. And a uh, couple of therapies really interesting. Cause like the first question asked is why are you here? And I have to like, say what happened in my head and why we're sitting in this room. And then the second question is, how'd you fall in love? And we'd never articulated that before. I had never articulated it to myself, you know? It's mm. kind of a weird question. Like, like, what was it like falling in love? And it's like, I never thought to articulate that before. Mm. And so now we're in this room and we're we're like recounting what it was like. And it's like, oh yeah, she walked in the restaurant and I hadn't seen her since high school. And she was like, it was like a dream sequence. Like, mm. she was so beautiful. And like, she sat down and she was like doing stuff and she was like working at the hospital she was, like she was in college she wanted things and i wanted things and we like both just like locked up and like got those things together and like became partners and then like you know almost got a house and didn't and then like and they were like what well, like, what made you fall in love though and i was just like we just did like it just happened mm. like you know and then hearing her articulate it and like just uh reignited everything you know i didn't like i hadn't said it out loud to her before and she never said it out loud to me or to ourselves and uh it was just like oh yeah you know it's i wish i didn't have to go through hell to Mm. um to do the things i have to do for myself you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but that's been my case with almost everything in life it's Mm -hmm. like i gotta hit a bottom before i start to do the stuff that i should have been doing for a long time Mm. yeah and so like that's what it took but we got there and she somehow stuck with me through it so we're together you know uh 21 to 29 in a marriage i mean it's crazy sometimes to think about but like you know yeah
1: well and it's funny too like <clears throat> like you started you were talking about marriage and you were like it's work it's work like i'm learning that it's work <laughs> and then you said like and then you tell that story about the kid who's like i have a girlfriend i don't have to do Mm. anything and it's like (laughs) you're still learning that like you're still learning like you just said like i had to go through this pain to learn it was like that same kid who got dumped and was like oh i need to call her like (laughs) i need to like like, talk to her and i feel like that's like a human thing a man that i don't know what it is but it's like this idea that it's like you know i've got i've plenty of married people in my life obviously and like mm-hmm. people in relationships and i do and i'm in a relationship and like you do like sometimes i feel like you're just like no i have that i'm i, I got that i'm done with that thing like mm-hmm. and you hear it's like cliche almost like it's work it's work but it's like it is like you have to remember that it's a thing that you're lucky to have so you should act like you can act that way and like that will make it better yeah but like I don't know. I feel like that's such a thing of like, again, I'll I'll speak for myself. Like I feel like like, on some level, that like sick part of me is like that isn't a masculine thing. I know it is now. though like a healthy part, but like you know that old voice of like. No, like that's your woman. Like you got her; she's yours, mm-hmm. and like that's it. Mm-hmm. Like now you can like focus on your career, or mm-hmm. like you, you know, like you, you yeah. provide. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah,
2: um, it's that thing of just getting something and thinking the work is done. You know, mm-hmm. um, getting a year sober and thinking the work is done, yeah. And yeah. you become complacent, and your life falls apart, and you have to crawl back in there and be like, "I'm sober, but I'm dry, and yeah. I need help." You yeah. know, it's the same thing with marriage. Just like she's. She's covered, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that one's on lock. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. yeah. We're yeah, married. We're married. It's <laughs> official. Like, you know, uh we'll just do our thing now. It's like, no, you gotta check in with each other and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. And you know, you gotta check in with stuff that's uncomfortable to say, you know. It's like, hey, I have uh this organ that like talks to me, you know, and like it's summer and there's uh there's very short shorts outside and i'm not going to act like I, I don't think about it dude it's like tough not to hmm. and i talked to my dad about it and he's like um he's like yeah he's like he's like i love uh jimmy carter because you know they, you ask a lot of politicians if they've ever you know cheated and they're like absolutely not and i've never thought about another woman than my wife when Mm -hmm. i was born i was thinking of her and then we met and it all made sense what those thoughts were you know and like they asked jimmy carter and he was like i cheat every day in my head he's like i have not slept with another woman since being married to this one but i think about it every day and so like you know uh fantasy wise i you know i cheat on her every day and it's like that's an honest dude like that's Uh. not a politician talking like that's that's just real. It's something we deal with. You know, we're animals. And yeah. it's like, you know, uh, we're, we're dressed up acting like we're not animals, but we're animals, you know? And um, so my dad was like, yeah, you're, you're thinking of other women? Um, cool. Uh, I'll let you know when that stops happening to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's 69. And so it's like, it's not going to go away. Then I got I to gotta talk about it and I got to, you know, redefine like what love is and like um, all that. I was talking to a guy recently who's been through it, and, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, he actually cheated, you know, and he told me, like, what it felt like, and uh, he's like, dude, you know, you just, you start hearing your friends, and they talk about how they had their fun, you know, and I, I, you know, um, I didn't have my quote-unquote fun, you know, like, I was, I had a couple, I had a few girlfriends, and then, uh, nothing from seventeen and nineteen then I met Felicia and we got married, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have like a run or a tear or whatever they call it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And guys talk about their run and their tear a lot, dude. And like it, you know, you hang out in a barbershop long enough that you know you get a haircut. Like if you hear about the tear long enough, you'll start to want to have a tear. You yeah. know, it's like guy I never had a run. Mm. I need to go have a run, you know? Yeah. Felicia, can you just hang out here and I'll go have a run mm. and then we can like get back together? You know, it's like it's but I talked to this dude and he was like, you know, you think you want it and then you do it and it's over in seven minutes and it's like, you know, you it's also like it's with a person who you, you don't have anything with and so the connection as you're having sex isn't really uh there. It's like the your your woman at home, like your wife, like you guys have you guys crush sex now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you guys know each other's body and like all that stuff, and like you know your like how to how to get off. Like you just and you're in love, and you have this connection, and mm. so like your sex is incredible. And like if you go have it with someone you never met, like some twenty two year old you never met, like it's gonna be awkward. You don't know yeah. each other. You know what I mean? So like go have the good sex, and like if you want to have that seven minutes, go have seven minutes in the fucking bathroom, you know, yeah. with yourself, like because it's the same feeling afterwards, except with more guilt. And now you got, now you got a secret, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, dude, he was like, also you didn't have a tear. Well, guess, guess what about their tear? Uh, they don't have it right now. It's something that happened. It doesn't count now. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you would feel the exact same as them right Uh now. If you had a tear, if you didn't, it's something that's currently not happening. If you're talking about it, you're just flexing in front of dudes. You know what I mean? So it's like pretty meaningless and you have a lot of meaning at home. Yeah. It's like damn. Yeah. yeah. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: deep. Uh, <laughs> I mean for it's sure. Tough. Yeah. I th- and I think you could like translate that to a million different whether you're married or whether you're in a relationship or whether you're just like there's always that kind of thing where it's like I didn't do this. I didn't I, I never had this kind of and like I, I just as like being in a relationship and I talked to my girlfriend about this and like that like I will be sometimes like Oh God! Like we're in a happy relationship, and I'll be the same thing. Like it's out, and uh, we're uh, you know walking down the street in New York in uh, the summer, and mm-hmm. I live on Lower East Side, and it's like populated by all models and mm-hmm. all. This, and I'm like, God, what was I thinking? Why am I in a relationship? And <laughs> like I could. There's like two parts of that. One. I would not have the intimacy and connection and, like, understanding and love that I have with my girlfriend. And two, those people aren't interested in me. Like, <laughs> like that yeah. wasn't happening. Yeah. But even if they were, like, you know, that whole idea of, like... and And sometimes I get frustrated. Like, I don't like it when people are, like you know, this is what we're, we're out, we're just out here to have sex. And like, that's so like, we're animal, like we're this kind of, yeah. and I'm like, we also I, don't like shit in the street, and We <laughs> like right. sleep indoors. Yeah. And... I don't mean we're fully. <laughs> no, no. But I <laughs> yeah. know what you mean. Like yeah. I get it. But yeah. like, I think sometimes that like, I don't know, I can make myself like mentally ill over that, those kind of mm-hmm. things. And so that it is, is what it feels
2: like, like mental illness. You yeah. Know? It's like something that you're struggling with in your head and you don't know how to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, so,
1: all right. So to wrap it up, mm-hmm. what would you say if you, if you were talking to like young little Evan or, I mean, he was getting some pretty good message, but like, mm-hmm. what would you say now is like your ideal version of yourself as a man? Mm-hmm. Like what are the characteristics of that? Yeah.
2: Um, I think, you know, once again, being a good human, you know, above like whatever conception or misconception of a man is just being a good human but um like if I had a son you know uh what I would want him to the kind of man I'd like him to grow up to be is, is a guy that owns up you know what I mean I think that's like the first thing that comes to mind is like just owning up like if you mess up owning up to it and um and and growing from there I mean like making amends is uh really powerful thing because it's not about saying i'm sorry it's about saying you're wrong Mm -hmm. you know it's like being able to say you're wrong is is so huge like you look at people today who are wrong you know and they might even be in like a leadership role in this country perhaps Mm -hmm. and um they can't say they're wrong and and so uh and, and and living in a lie you're like you're giving an example of uh Something that's wrong and, and acting like it's right and it just it influences other people and um that doesn't really spread well hmm. and so i uh i don't know man it's tough to articulate what what a, what a man is i mean um yeah I mean it's whatever you make it to be hmm. you know and uh so just try and make it the the best you can and um someone like there's like it's like an egyptian Uh, religion right that like the judgment of like whether you go to heaven or not is if you if your life was impacted by others and if you impacted others lives Mm. I like that a lot like that's like the judgment that happens uh, is is, like did you touch other lives and did you allow other lives to touch you I think that that is a good definition of what a man can be you know like if you have something good to give uh, you should wake up every day with a plan to somehow give that out and um, you know just share and uh, listen, you know? Yeah. Love it. I'm rambling. Okay. No, no, I love no, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> you said a lot of good things. A lot.
0: That's how hard
1: uh, it is. Yeah. What if I was question?
2: like, a man is a Christian uh, that can <laughs> squat 405? <405. laughs> that's it. That's, that's the a, only thing. That's, that's a real, real, that's that's about, a real
1: man. <laughs> we didn't even talk about And uh, Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have it on again. Mm. You're a fit man. You I work is, out a lot. I like to work out. Yeah. And I wonder how that plays into
2: your... Uh, uh, there's some stuff there, definitely. We don't have yeah. time, Evan. Yeah, no, all it's right? okay. <laughs> I don't want to, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: well, so tell people where can they follow you, uh-huh. see you, do yeah. anything like that. What do you got? Promote it. All right.
2: Um, you know, I'm all over the place with shows. Uh, I go around the country, and um, I'm in the city a lot. And so you can find... I would say go to my website evanwilliamscomedy.com but I don't update it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody that does anymore. It's like a yeah. business card. Yeah. It's like the new business card. Yeah. It's like do people really use them anymore? I don't know. It's like you just have it so that yeah, means you're legitimate right. but you shouldn't actually use I it. I don't actually really use it. So, uh, I really talk about it all on Instagram pretty much. Like I in my in my stories I'll say where I'm at that week and yeah. so if you want to see me in the city, uh, just follow it's Evan Williams and um yeah and other places. On August fourth, I'm in uh Center City uh Minnesota and um I am I'm gonna be in this festival. It's uh I'm performing in this festival. It's called Hazelfest uh in Center City, Minnesota. And um it's like a big recovery festival It's music and like people come from all over the country and it'll be a good time. And you can get tickets at uh Hazelden bettyford.org and it'll be fun. If you're in that area, it's going to be a blast. Nice, so,
1: yeah. nice. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Evan, thank you so much for yeah, coming thank on you guys, and man. talking, man. It. It was that was time. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, this is Down Podcast. Again, Like, if you have any comments, questions, you think you want to be a guest, you think you know someone that should be a guest, email at Podcast. Uh, at gmail.com and uh, follow
0: us on the gram
1: follow us on uh, instagram at it's, the walls down is it the walls down walls down podcast walls down podcast yeah I dig it and uh, I think uh, rate us and review us that's like a thing you should definitely rate yeah. us and review us because that gets the uh, podcast to where more people can see it so thank you guys see you next time